Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Five Star Movie Podcast, a movie podcast from two guys who are meeting at the place near the thing where we went that one time, and who also watch movies. My name is Ryan Hurley, and I am here as always with my esteemed co-host. Sam Wolf Coolidge here, right off um, having just sweated through a couple shirts during my day of work, and here I am. What was the AC broken or something? (laughs) Sweating through everything? You know, I, I was just very nervous doing my first time anchoring on the weekend news that I got. I sweated a little bit. You know how it is. You know, it, it, it wasn't the worst I've seen. It is. Uh, I've seen singing in the rain. <laughs> 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 uh, as we mentioned last week, we are covering broadcast news. The 1987 hit movie starring um, Holly Hunter, Albert Brooks. And, of course, William Hurt, directed by James L. Brooks. Um, We both really enjoyed the movie. We're excited to get into it. But first, what have you been watching lately, Wolf? I've been touching up on a couple of franchises. Uh, After 16 months of me talking about how I needed to watch the second Mission Impossible movie, I finally, (laughs) seriously, I was thinking about it. I was like, wow, I I watched Mission Impossible like like almost 15 months ago. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I watched Mission Impossible 2. It was okay. Um, And that's all I really have to say about that. And then I also watched the second and third Terminator. The second one is fantastic. That's a great movie. And then the third one with our guy from In the Bedroom, Nick Stahl. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out Nick Stahl. Love that movie. Only two movies I've ever seen with him. They both. (laughs) They're both great. Actually, no. Well, no, they're not. The The third Terminator is not that good. I don't really understand what the <laughs> plot of that movie is. It's basically just rehashing the second one. Yeah, you're kind of like, except for this time, the T-1000 has is a woman, and she can like inflate her boobs. Oh that's, a, that's a shocking moment in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I also watched, speaking of boobs, I also, I also <laughs> watched... The Boy Next Door. <laughs> a, you know, this movie hits differently when you learn that Jennifer Lopez was offered a part in the movie, was offered the Diane Lane role in Unfaithful, and she said no. So instead, she waited 13 years and made this pretty brutal thriller about a high school teacher who has like a one-night stand with her her son's like weird much older super ripped friend and then he becomes obsessive and and yeah jennifer lopez by by boobs you mean we see ryan guzman's boobs a lot in the movie we see we do see a lot of his boobs we don't really fully (laughs) see jennifer lopez's boobs they're covered they're they're they uh they're covered a lot by ryan guzman's hands and (laughs) We do see some blonde girl's boobs. I don't know her name. I had to look it up. But, um, and uh, J- John Corbett was in the movie, if you know who that is. Oh, yeah. Love that. From uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh, I feel like he's one of those guys where, like, if you said the name, a lot, most people would be like, who? But then if you showed him a picture, they'd be like, oh, he's the guy from, like, and everyone would just say a different movie. To me, yeah. he'll always be the guy from 47 meters down uncaged where 
he's just like he saves the girls and then he's like we're fine and then he gets eaten <laughs> <laughs> he's got that like kind of ll cool j role <laughs> just get it like a deep oh, oh samuel jackson the deep lucy just getting snatched up oh that movie's not good. God, I thought the movie'd be good. That movie's got a ridiculous cast for being so bad. Um, just like any any time you can have a shark movie and somebody is just getting like snatched by the shark and like eaten, you're doing your job at least a little bit, though. I'll watch any shark movie. It's truly ridiculous that like you put a shark in a movie. I'm like, I'm in. I forget. I I watched this terrible shark movie with. With my girlfriend, I'm trying to think of who was in it or what it was. I don't know what it was. It wasn't open water. I'll look it up. I'll get you a name by the end of the pod. But the, like, I'll even watch like the cheapest version of Jaws just to give me some more sharks. When are we just going to do a, a ranked list of all the Jaws movies, Jaws 1 through Jaws the Revenge? And the list will literally just be in the order of release because... <laughs> They all just like get worse and worse as it goes. Could we just could we just make that into a Jaws movie club? Yeah, yeah. It's it's Jaws, but it's all it's all four because you can't you can't go without talking about the revenge where the the shark has a telepathic connection to the Brody family and then like chases them from Florida to the Bahamas and then like roars at them. That sounds awful. It's truly ridiculous. <laughs> it's a truly a ridiculous movie. Oh man, I'm dating back. Oh look here, December nineteenth. I watched the best movie ever, Paddington. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the uh, uh, according to some people, cinema just stopped at Paddington. <laughs> what, what have you been watching lately? <laughs> um, I've been. It's been a lighter week for me. Um, I finally got to watch uh, David Byrne's American Utopia, which is like a stage show that he did on Broadway after the release of his last album. And it just was, uh, and it's directed by Spike Lee. And um, I just had a really good time watching it. Um, They do really cool stuff with like the lights and his whole band. They like, all of the instruments are set up in a way where they can be like moving. So like they're like doing dance choreography while playing the instruments. And um, I just love talking heads and I especially love David Byrne. So I popped that on like immediately the night after the election. (laughs) And uh, I just felt a little bit better for about two hours. And that was, uh, that was definitely what I needed. Good. That's good. That sounds good. That's new. is it going to win any Oscars? I don't know. I don't know if it's eligible for Oscars or not. I kind of would love love for it to. Like, it's not like, um, you know, it's it's not like one of those, like, issues-oriented, uh, like, documentaries that you'll see, like, come out on Netflix and everybody's like, wow, this really changed my opinion on XYZ, you know, that always wins at the Oscars. But, like, like there's a lot of really cool like editing and camera angles and um and yeah just like the way that they put on the show is is really interesting to watch like i it's hard to describe it but i definitely definitely recommend it if you have hbo max i figured out the name of the movie was shark night 3d oh let's hear it that was the movie shark oh, night shark 3D. night oh my god 
When is that from? 2011. It's not good. <laughs> Shark it's not Night. even worth discussing. <laughs> <laughs> Shark Night 3D, though, for everybody that's just uh, that just wants to watch some shark movies. It is. It's not good. Not good. <laughs> Anything not else good. from you? I also watched Fantastic Mr. Fox, um, the Wes Anderson claymation movie. Uh, just getting into those fall vibes. It's kind of a Thanksgiving movie if you think about it in a certain way. Right? Like they're just, they're trying to get their little feast. They're drinking ciders. They're get, killing squabs. It's got all the leaves falling. I don't know. Oh, made, made me excited to just like stuff my face for, in Thanksgiving. I love that movie. I remember we watched that movie in film class, if you remember oh, yeah. correctly. Oh, and yeah. And film class had this way of making every movie seem like it was 12 hours long because we like watched it over three days and i remember i like really wanted to watch it and i got it on blu-ray and i was like oh man like i don't know if i have like the time it's so late at night and then i was like oh this movie's like 85 minutes (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it just zips it just moves along like it's amazing I, Are you I, more of a fan of when Wes Anderson has real people in the movie or when he has like his puppets? So it depends. Cause I feel like, I feel like the puppets and like the animation really like fits him. And um, like, this is definitely one of my favorites of his movies. And like, he can really be whimsical and like zany, but I do like his movies with people in it too. Like, uh, yeah, like there's not really a movie of his that I dislike. So that's like the longest non-answer answer I could have given, but I like both. <laughs> yeah. I like Fantastic Mr. Fox a lot. That's probably my favorite of his. But uh I don't know. I was like I liked Isle of Dogs, but I was underwhelmed by it. Yeah, same. Like that's that's what gives me pause because like if it was just fantastic mr fox i would be like oh yes i think you should do that all the time but then isle of dogs came out and i was like okay it's good i enjoy it but it's not like one of my favorites do you want to know how deep we are into quarantine i don't remember the name of the movie that wes anderson's supposed to release oh the french (laughs) dispatch yes thank you (laughs) i don't know what it i I was talking about it with someone the other day and I was like, oh, the new Wes Anderson movie. And I was like, no <laughs> idea what this is called. I don't have any clue. I've, I've forgotten. You know what You know what made me realize how like far into quarantine we were? Is I, I was looking at, at uh, IMDb and it was like, oh yeah, Ammonite is going to get released soon. And I'm like, mm. Ammonite? And I looked it up and I was like, Wait, this is the movie with Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan that Wolf and I have been talking about for like literal months now. <laughs> they're just like, they're just dumping it in the middle of quarantine, I guess. This movie's out in, in Wisconsin. Shout out Wisconsin, 30% COVID case. We love it. <laughs> we love it here. Um, fucking hell. Fucking hell, baby. Uh, that's in theaters this weekend. Yeah. Like, I was like, I was like that's what nuts. Fuck? Yeah. Like we've really been doing this for that long, where that's just like that's just popping into theaters now. I think my girlfriend will want to see that with me because she liked. I, I've turned her into a Saoirse Ronan girl, and I think she likes Kate Winslet because she likes Titanic. But uh, we're gonna have a long car ride home after the Saoirse Ronan nude scene, apparently in Ammonite. Oh my lord! <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, I, I, I imagine it's probably not like a uh, light-hearted movie. 
So that's just like a, if that's a, if that's a tough movie to watch, like you just get in the car and you're driving back and you're like, so yeah. Okay. We're also <laughs> the same couple that we'll talk about that. Like in Gone Girl, when Ben Affleck dick is on the screen, I paused the movie. <laughs> and I'm like, boom, Ben Affleck dick. <laughs> hey, you know what? He really, he really just goes in there and just decides to hang dong. I got to, <laughs> Shouts to Ben Affleck for that. I got one more dong related comment. I was, yes. uh, <laughs> I was, uh, I, I get lost in letterbox sometimes. Like I just, it's like the old Wikipedia game where like, you just like keep clicking on things and then like you keep moving and moving. And oh, I just yeah. get lost in letterbox. And somehow I fell upon this movie called like a million broken pieces or like a million, some, some stupid fucking Aaron Tyler Johnson movie that he directed and like he starred in. And one of the reviews was like, Aaron Tyler Johnson's like dick should win best supporting <laughs> actor. So me being interested, I'm like, what? Like, I got like, if you're talking about a man's dick, I gotta, I gotta find out what you're talking about. And I looked it up, and I was like, nope, I've now seen Aaron Tyler Johnson's dick. Good for me. <laughs> Day in the life. <laughs> oh, his his wife directed it, Sam oh. Taylor Johnson. Yeah, who, uh... she's a lot older than him. Yeah, she's also the director of uh, the first Fifty Shades of Grey, which is weird to think about. Wow. I've never seen that movie. The only extent of those three movies I've seen is, like, the third one I saw, like, a clip of because I was in a hotel and I couldn't sleep and it was the only movie that was on. (laughs) All I know is that, like, a lot of people on the internet are, like, uh, because I haven't... But, like, all, all the people on the internet are, like, Fifty Shades of Grey is supposed to be this crazy thing, but then they just have the most, like, vanilla boring sex ever. And I'm like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> it's like, you could just watch porn if you were yeah. looking for sex on, on yeah. a screen. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm, I'm not like, thank God they finally released that kinky sex movie. <laughs> the thing I've been looking for. It's like they got to avoid the X rating, baby. Like they got to get the movie released. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> clearly, clearly they paid a good, a, a pretty penny, like for the rights. They're not gonna the the X rating. Could you imagine? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I have a quick question for you. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> so I always like to actually. This is sort of an Oscar pod for us, sort of. So, what Oscar movie that we've forced ourselves to watch for this podcast so far did you think was going to be the biggest chore? So, not necessarily like this movie, like Blue. I hated it. More like, oh man, I have to watch this movie this week. Ugh, I haven't heard great things. Like, I don't want to watch this. It's long. Like, what's your movie? So, there's there's a couple here that like immediately pop to mind. So, like, obviously, because I had seen the movie before and I knew I didn't like it, like, the week where we were leading into Crash, mm. I was like, I'm, I, I, this is going to be rough. And, like, I kind of just drank through it. Uh, <laughs> and then the, the other one, the other one that I was not looking forward to just because I had heard e- either people love it or people hate it. So, and so I was like, man, I don't know what side I'm going to fall on was Moulin Rouge. Uh and like, I'm glad we at least like were able to have a like a a coherent conversation about it, because 
it seems like it's a movie that people some people are like it's a it's the greatest movie i've ever seen and some people are like i hate that thing so it's like i was like oh man i don't want to like <laughs> i don't want to be like getting upset over this thing i was thinking about moulin rouge on monday because richard roxborough who's is fucking out of his mind in uh <laughs> in moulin rouge is in uh mission impossible 2 wait who does he play in mission impossible looking him up looking it up he's like his guy his he's like the main villain's friend i don't know anyone's name in that movie you got to be you're, you're kidding me yeah I don't know anyone's name i'm really testing it i i'm really testing it on my end too cuz i haven't seen that like since blockbuster days so <laughs> but he was like the the main villain's henchman ah okay i feel i think i kind of remember i remember a little bit of him in there i mean i feel like he plays those roles a lot definitely those are two good examples though of uh i was excited for well i didn't rewatch crash because i knew i didn't really I, I knew i didn't like it and i was like yeah i'm just gonna let you talk about crash <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was I was I was ready to go on that one. And then Moulin Rouge. I don't know. I don't really have any thoughts on it. I was just kind of like, all right, here's a movie. It's streaming. Let's do it. But for me, yeah, but... I had like a whole year that I was worried about for 2002, having to watch Chicago Games of New York, The Hours, Two Towers, and The Pianist, just because of straight movie length. That kind of worried me. Oh yeah. All of those were like that. That was like a. I'm only watching one movie today, and it's and it's this Oscar movie because like I just gotta, I just gotta get through it. But yeah, I, I completely agree. The two that pop out for me is the Aviator was like a, was like a white whale for me, where it was just like if I ever watch this movie, I can finally say I've seen a lot of movies. <laughs> the way of the future. And I liked it. I really liked The Aviator. And then the other one was Seabiscuit. I did not want to watch Seabiscuit, but I liked <laughs> it. It was a good movie. Seabiscuit, like, man, Seabiscuit would really be, like, just a kick-ass sports movie if it didn't, like, think it was an Oscars movie. Oh, it, <laughs> it knows it's an Oscar movie. It's, like, the most, like, man, this the whole that whole year is just loaded, and it's, like, Seabiscuit. <laughs> that was a weird one too because I think uh, everybody has just forgotten about Seabiscuit so like we were going back and watching it and like I think we were both just like Seabiscuit got nominated <laughs> strange <laughs> pretty much but uh, you know what it is good for Seabiscuit they kind of deserve it I don't remember what else came out that year that would really be testing my memory but uh, shout out Seabiscuit also also, one last comment before we get into broadcast news. I yes. watched Love and Basketball uh-huh. this weekend. Was that this weekend? I don't know when it was. Recently. And that is, can, we can enter that into the canon of other movies that should have been nominated instead of Chocolate in 2000. <laughs> Honestly, like, yes, please nominate Love and Basketball. Anything over Chocolate. That's, that's easily, that is easily the worst um that is easily like the worst just like most bland movie that we've like watched for these oscars i just don't understand how it got like how that movie still feels like it's so stuck in the 90s when like 
even like I get it because it was like obviously well no it was made in 2000 so like that's not really an excuse maybe it was filmed in the 90s but like I get it where like ah you're still kind of like stuck in your old ways like even uh even in the bedroom kind of feels like a 90s movie but yeah there's something about chocolate that was just like man like you don't know you don't know what you're doing this movie's not gonna age I feel like also so it's the same director as as uh the cider house rules and and like i feel like yeah. when you watch that movie and i like the cider house rules a lot better but when you watch that movie and then you know that that guy went on and did chocolate you're like oh i see how this could have gone wrong real quick <laughs> did you know the guy that directed finding neverland directed um world war z yeah yeah mark forrester <laughs> like what <laughs> That's the most like random pairing ever. It's just like, hey, this guy did a good like. This guy did a, like a, a quality like Oscars a drama. Let's just let's just toss him into World War Z. See what he can do. He also did Casino Royale and Christopher Robin. So like, I don't know what he's doing. He's just chilling. He's just he gets sent a script and he just directs it. Yeah, exactly. He's just like he he doesn't like choose what he makes. It's just like the studio's like, eh, you know what, Mark, you can do this one. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, here we go. Have fun with this one, Mark. Good luck, bud. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> you ready to get to broadcast news? I am. Sean Fennessy already watched Soul. Fuck that. All right, yes, I am ready oh. to get to broadcast news. So, broadcast news, 1987 film um, n- uh, nabbed seven Oscar nominations. It's about... Uh, and it's basically like about this love triangle between a, a film producer, a film producer, news producer, a field reporter that is her friend, and a hotshot news anchor that comes in um, who kind of leans more towards flash as opposed to like hard news. Um, and I gotta say, this was just a really fun movie. What did you think of it, Wolf? I think this is one of those movies that, for me, I was able to just, like, like you could visually see just how good the script was. Yeah. And it was just, like, one of those where, you know, I mean, there was no, like, action on the screen. It was just people talking. But you were able to, like, there were just scenes where I was so into it. Like, the one at the beginning where Joan Cusack has to, like, run to, like, oh get my the God. tape into the news. That was a lot of fun. And then I love the scenes where, like, Holly Hunter and Albert Brooks like yell at each other. Oh yeah. And I just like I loved the dynamics between the characters. Like I I really enjoyed how like Albert Brooks and William Hurt were like were like more or less enemies because Albert Brooks like there, there I mean there's a lot to unpack with the Albert Brooks character and how he felt towards William Hurt, but like I just I I I think the fact that Albert Brooks like wanted to be like great no matter what it took, and the fact that he then got like trained by William Hurt that like led to one of the funnier scenes in the movie as well. Sit on your jacket. Yeah, you gotta have a shape. <laughs> That's a good point. I never even thought of that. Yeah, me either. Or then they throw the shoulder pads in his suit too, and I'm like, damn, how many fucking news anchors did that after uh, after this movie? Yeah, but that was a that was a lot of jumbled up thoughts. But in reality, there was just a lot to like about this movie. Like there was like so much to like about the movie, and it's uh, it's definitely one of the more like the '80s brought us a lot of like giant franchise like great films, like Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, 
and it was cool that they like found like 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 a movie like this that even though it was like definitely an oscar movie it it, like kind of lives on yeah like the more that i like attempt to because i yeah like i think a lot of people start and stop with the 80s at like you know back to the future and top gun and and whatever what have you but yeah like the more you dig into like some of these dramas that came out around then too like they're like consistently can find like a few from every year that are at least like really interesting. And I was glad to see that this like really held up in that same way. Um, and yeah, like immediately from the beginning, like it just kicks off and I was like laughing and like locked into it. And it just like, it held my attention through most of it. I think that's my one gripe is there's like a slight pacing issue towards the end for me. But um, like, yeah, other than that, like I thought all th- when all three leads were like on screen with one another, I just thought like this movie was insanely watchable. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point about pacing. I needed like one more Holly Hunter producing the news scene and like one less Albert Brooks, like being upset about his life. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you get a lot of like you get a lot of them like doing the news in the first half of this which is like just really fun to watch. And then you get like more of the like relationship drama in the second half, which is, which is really interesting too. But then like it, it, it's, it slows some things down and like makes things, you know, like it, it changes the pacing a little bit. It doesn't like hum quite as well in the second half, but I still enjoy it. Yeah. I did too. I, I gave it four and a half stars. It's just like one of those movies mm-hmm. where like from an enjoyment factor, like maybe a four out of five, but from just like a pure craft, it's like, okay, like this is like I'm I've seen enough movies to know like that this is this is it. Like this is what you're this is what people yeah. are aiming to do. I feel like this like movie yeah, because I gave it a four and a half as well. I feel like it has like a opportunity for like upward mobility too. like the more that I watch it, the more that I could give it more stars, you know? Yeah. Like, because I will say like, I was sitting there like consistently, consistently like watching consistently, like laughing along. So I feel like once you've seen it once or twice, you're just like, Oh, here comes the scene. Like you, you know, like Albert Brooks is about to like tell her he loves her. Like, here we go. Let's get locked in. <laughs> Have you seen network? I haven't. No, I need to. I like network. It's uh, you know that it, it you know this just enters the pantheon of great movies about broadcast news. We have broadcast news. We got network. We have Morning Glory. It's just a great oh, yeah. group. I love all those movies. <laughs> Honestly, like it's like network is just like the serious version, and Morning Morning Glory is like the comedy version. And then, like, broadcast news kind of, like, splits the divide. Well, network is, like, a satire. Like, it's trying to... That's true. It's, like, trying to say something. And it does. But, like, what's really funny about all these fucking news movies is they all say the same thing, which is just, like, man, like, the new... Which is just, like, all these movies are old. <laughs> Why is the news yeah. still such a mess? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, like you're sitting there and you're, like, wait, wait. They were just, like... They were basically just, like, in this, in this movie in 1987 where, like, yeah, the news on TV is becoming like completely empty because all the people that are flashy like move up the ladder, and then all the people that actually do like good important news are are getting demoted and like sent to local stations. And we're just like, oh, cool, 
guess they'll just fire up Fox News now. <laughs> and, then, and then they make the point that, like, none of the news, the stuff they put on the news, like, matters. And it's like, oh, oh, wow. Like, wow, in 2020, like, I watched <laughs> the local news with, like, my with like my parents. And it's like, oh, here's, like, 12 crimes that happened today in Chicago. And uh, here's, like, a nice story about, like, a local person. And it's like, what? Like, aren't, aren't there things going on in the world? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You're like sitting there and you're like, wait, we, we just had an election, didn't we? <laughs> oh, I can't. I wonder what the local news is like. Anyway, that's so unimportant right now. True, true. But like, it, it definitely like, yeah, it, it definitely is apparent, like the point you make where it's just like, really, we just didn't learn. We didn't learn anything from these, mo- <laughs> these movies. We just didn't, we just didn't apply it to any of our real life stuff. We were just like, ah, cool. Let's move on. I'd love to know what like, like if they like remade this, not like a remake, but more of like a modernization, I, I would I would love to know like what exactly that would look like. Because I, I mean, who knows what a there's a lot more uh, you know competition now for news than there was back in like 1987. Yeah, like I feel like I feel like in a way, the the modern remake of this, and bear with me here, is because it's not exactly. But like Anchorman Two is kind of like talking about that, like talking about similar things, because I don't know if you've seen it or not. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw it together. I think I've never seen the first one, but, but I've seen the second one. <laughs> but it's like basically like Ron Burgundy's like this idiot, but he gets hired at like a Fox News, CNN type thing because he's like kind of goofy and eccentric, and then. He just keeps getting goofier and goofier and they get more ratings and then they stop at covering actual news. That's like the modern day version of like they but you just have to make it over the top so people can like laugh instead of being like, uh Yeah. I mean that's everything now. We've gotta you gotta laugh at it instead of just being like, God, god damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I gotta say too, this movie like this movie really gets like rocking and rolling immediately. Uh, like just the openings where you have like the dumb kid talking to his dad about how he can't figure out the homework. And then like, uh, who's the William Hurt character. And then like the Albert Brooks character giving that speech and then just getting the shit beat out of him. And then, uh, and then the Holly Hunter character, like answering pin pal letters and stuff like that. I just thought that was a hilarious, like opening scene. I love that. That was funny. I didn't realize that the, the two boys were like different. I don't know. For some reason, I was like, is that the same oh. kid? <laughs> You're like this dumb kid that couldn't get good grades on his uh, homework. Like, he's now the valedictorian. I was super lost, but I was like, this is funny. And then I like how he's like, you're going to be making $19,000. And the and the bullies are like, $19,000. Not bad. <laughs> my, my roommate, when that line got said, he goes, boy, inflation's going to hit that kid like a truck. I know. <laughs> like... Nineteen thousand dollars. Like, enjoy your McDonald's job, my friend. Yeah, I bet they don't even. Whew, I bet they don't even pay their people at McDonald's that little. <laughs> That's true. I wonder what that would be in an hour, like a 40, 40 hour week. I'm not going to look it up because I'm bad at math, but uh, cannot be good. It's about nine dollars an hour. Yeah, do better. I, I bet I bet McDonald's does better. I hope people. so. Hopefully, hopefully. But yeah, that's just, just like it was so funny, and it like just perfectly leads into all their characters. You know, like you just immediately are like, I know, I know who the Holly Hunter character is. Like, 
exactly now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then it just takes us like straight into to her giving her her like speech and no and nobody's listening and uh you know uh William Hurt's there and like uh, listening to it and he kind of he almost like catfishes her. Did that was that just me or where he's just like he's like pretending to not know her and then he's just like oh yeah by the way I'm gonna be working with you tomorrow. Yeah, that was strange. I don't know if that would fly in 2020 in like real life, but uh that was uh that was weird. But I feel like it was a nice like introduction to both characters, I guess, because I feel like at that point we were still trying to like understand who these people were. And it just like just made you love Holly Hunter more because she was so set in her ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like she's just she's up there like showing that footage of the the dominoes falling down, and she's like, "This is bad, everybody!" And they're all like laughing, and you're like, "Oh my god, this poor woman." Well, it's funny because at that point, I like knew the movie was like funny, so I was wondering if it was like that kind of funny where it was just kind of like a spoof movie in a way. Where like, cause the way they were laughing in the crowd, I was like, "Oh, are they just like? Is it like this kind of movie? Are we like? It's like a scary movie." But uh, yeah, thankfully, thankfully, it was a much more serious movie than I had anticipated. There's like some jokes in this where, cause I think James L. Brooks was one of the creators on The Simpsons, and like, there's some jokes where you're like, "Ah, that's like a Simpsons joke," like when they're reporting in the field and the guy's putting on the boot. And the like, they would go up and like, no, no, wait, we just have to document what's happening here. Do what you want to do. And then they like, wait for a second. He's like, I want to put on the boot. And he just puts on the boot. <laughs> I just love the amount of times that they would like the the camera would like cut the black and it would come back and it's just Holly Hunter just bawling. Yes. Oh my god, just fucking crying. <laughs> <laughs> I Every- I loved it. I I you know that's how we all feel trying to like work. That's that's the vibe of 2020, man. Is <laughs> just sitting alone crying. <laughs> the the one especially that really got me was when she's doing it in the office and she's just crying, and then like somebody else just like walks in and is like, oh hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> like if I. If I'm in the office and I see somebody else crying like 10 times out of 10, I'm like, I'm getting a coffee. Uh, I'll be back in like 20 minutes. Well, it's funny. Your home office just be like, one of my roommates is crying. Not interested. Yeah. My bad, dude. <laughs> I'm going to go back to my room for the next six hours. You good luck. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to I'm going to let you let you handle that. I think you can uh, I think you can get this done and uh I'm going to be upstairs if you need me for anything. <laughs> I I will say too that like um that first newscast I think is one of my favorite scenes just where you're like seeing them try and like get the stuff in the tape down and Holly Hunter's like yelling at everybody and like like you said the Joan Cusack like when she's running to try and get the tape to them so that they can play it on air, I think I was like actually cheering like it was a sporting event. I just like she almost like ran into a kid and just was like running into things and like it was good. And I like how it got like right in time. It was just like it it, it kind of reminded me of like a scene in like a newspaper movie 
where like you see like the newspaper get churned out and like all the letters come together for it. But I just kind of liked how it it was almost like a behind the scenes in like a similar way that like it was like a time capsule of like a different time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because now you would just be like a tape, like just upload it to the thing, and they'll they'll be able to grab and it. And I just feel like now, like all that shit must be so planned out. I feel like news back then. It was, I don't know, I just always feel like you were shooting from the hip more back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm, I, I'm sure, like, just because the internet, like, really came and just, like, connected everything that, like, at that point in time, you just, like, don't really know. So you're just like, uh, I don't know, I just got this, like, let's just give it a go, <laughs> you know? Yeah, the internet's really, like, changed everything. I always wonder... Do you ever, I don't know if you follow multiple news apps, but like, do you ever get like an update from one news app and then like, like th- five seconds later, you get it from another news app? I always wonder if there's like someone who works at like CNN who like gets all the news apps and then the moment they get it, they like have a split second to be like, is this true? And if they say yes, they just, they just steal the update from another news source and call it from one of their sources. I feel like it. I, I mean, because yeah, like, because yeah, I've noticed that, like, uh, not not to put the two two sources on blast, but like CNN will like send one, and then like about like twenty minutes later, I'll get like the New York Times <laughs> one, and when the New York Times one comes in, I'm like, okay, so it's probably true then. Hey, it's a newspaper; they work a little slower. <laughs> I I love um, I I love hey, this isn't news, but this is sports. But like we ha- we have that like sleeper fantasy football app that we do our our uh our fantasy draft mm-hmm. on and like, that will send you notifications and like it's clearly just like a tweet from a beat writer <laughs> from like, a team so you know it's like word is that or like yep there it is christian mccaffrey's on the injury report again and then like 15 minutes later like like bleacher report will send me one i'm like ah 15 minutes late bleacher report i already saw it's this like, oh, bleacher report you suck do you think uh, do you think Holly Hunter would be a Bleacher Report gal? Do you think she do you think she'd like their their form of non news? You know what? I think she would be subscribed to Bleacher Report just because we saw her at the beginning of the movie, like grabbing all the newspapers. Yeah, I like that. So she she just like she's just inhaling all information. What does she have time to read all those newspapers? That's what I was thinking too. Like, are you just like cross-referencing different things in the newspapers like are you reading every story in there like that's your whole day if you're doing it's that like i gotta like she didn't even she didn't have time to do anything anything yeah seriously i it's like uh she she does so much that it's like a a thing of like only a person in a movie could possibly do this much because you just have no time to sleep in real life <laughs> True. Um, another standout scene I thought for me too was was the first time like Tom actually gets on air and is the anchor, and you're getting like those cool shots of like it's like a split diopter of like over the shoulder of him. You can kind of see his face like reporting the news, and then you can also see like Holly Hunter in the in the uh, like news booth like feeding him information and stuff like that i just thought it was so like as far as like editing and like 
cinematography in a scene i thought that was like definitely one of the best scenes in here yeah that scene was good like that was uh you talk about like a sports moment that was like just like uh the way they like the way they shot it and the way it like was and like the way they kept like zooming in on each of their faces like it was just uh it was an intense moment i had no idea how the heck like a news report like a news anchor can like have someone whisper in their ear as they're like talking on live television about one thing and then like taking what's in their head and that was just told to them and bring it to the next sentence like i don't know how they do that yeah like i even like in just listening to the movie i was like i only got like maybe a third of all of that because like i i could hear like half of what holly hunter said and half of what william hurt said and then like all the rest just got like canceled out by uh like just the talking over each other yeah oh 100 percent. that was really cool though that was uh i think that was an important scene because i feel like up until then we weren't i I don't know i wasn't really sold on william hurt as like oh this guy like knows what he's doing yeah like especially because they just like they paint him to be like such an idiot so, like, then when you kind of see him and you're just like, oh, okay, like, this guy is actually, like, he might not be good at, like, understanding the news, but he is really good at, like, reading the news and being, like, charismatic on air. Yeah, and I mean, that's, uh, that that is an important job as well, and it's also hard to do, as we learned with poor Albert Brooks. <laughs> poor Albert Brooks. Of course, like, I feel like Albert Brooks' uh, uh, like flop eventually is uh, only made worse by the fact that like he's just watching Tom do all these things. Like, ah, he sucks. I hate him. He's everything we stand against. <laughs> who do you who do you think is more of an asshole, Tom or God? I'm so bad with names. Albert Brooks' character. What was his name? Aaron. Aaron. God, I knew that. Aaron or Tom? Aaron Altman. I don't know. Because, so, like, I obviously, like, at the end, you find out that Tom is really, like, crossing a journalistic threshold that he should not, like, uh, you know, like, faking stuff and, like, uh, kind of uh, not necessarily being beholden to, like, the, the truth. But Aaron is also, like, he just kind of needs to know his lane, you know? <laughs> like, I, I, I feel like it's equal. I, I made this comment to you, like he. This movie was definitely like an uh, an exercise in like watching it and being like, boy, neither of these men really deserve to be with Holly Hunter. That's true. That is true. I uh, I don't know. Like when the movie finished, I was like, oh, like I kind of feel bad for like Aaron here, but like I don't know. I think Aaron was kind of a dick. Like he just like really, he definitely like thought he was better than like everybody yeah and then like aaron aaron was definitely like i report the real news at this station it's like okay calm down buddy um and then tom like well okay he did cross that journalistic threshold but he did mention that he was crying before so he simply just made sure they got the shot yeah i feel like tom tom should have just been like a documentary filmmaker or something Nobody would have gotten too mad at him for that. I like how no one got mad at him except for like Aaron, who's like, oh, like I can hold this over his head. And then 
Holly Hunter, who's like so set in her ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Holly, Holly Hunter. I I admire her, like uh, I admire her, um, like commitment to her ideals. But I feel like a lot of people in that scenario would have been like, "Hey, you know what? It was just one time. We can figure out." Like I don't, I don't think a lot of people would have sunk their relationship just because of one, like, <coughs> like minor bad thing that their like spouse did. No, there's just no way. But that that was just like the peak Holly Hunter like moment for you to kind of totally see, like, oh yeah, like this is just who she is. Honestly, though, like as as somebody that like somebody that just like has so many quirks, like wrapped up in their own head and then just like decides to die by that. I can a hundred percent like, uh, uh, sympathize and understand that impulse. Well, I said this, so I guess I just got to go with it. True. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, this movie, like it kind of takes, I feel like it kind of takes a big turn once they like announce the layoffs um, and that it kind of gets us to like that scene where like Aaron Aaron's back is really against the wall and we get to see him like kind of getting coached up by uh, uh, by Tom and then eventually like doing the news and I just thought that was a really fun him him coaching him up like honestly good on Tom for like being a nice guy and like genuinely helping him I really enjoyed Tom because like as someone who used to like tutor it's like one of those things where like you don't actually ever think you can help anybody, but then the moment like you get into it, you're just like, Oh, there's this, oh, there's this and this and this. And like Tom like never shuts up because he just kept thinking of more things like he needed to sell Aaron and I like oh I totally connected with that. It is like a thing too, because you know, like the first half you're supposed to be like Tom is this Tom is this like flashy guy that maybe we don't know if we like. And then he does that, and it's a real, like, ah, Tom's a good guy at heart. Like, Tom just wants to – Tom, at the end of the day, like, just wants to do the right thing, I think. Yeah, like, Tom's, like – Tom's had a lot of, like, things handed to him in life. But, like, he's not, like, a bad guy for it. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I, I love, I, I love like, Aaron arguing with him and just being like, well, it's there's got to be a little bit of me in there, too. Or, like, we got to do it – your way, but also my way. <laughs> like, maybe laugh hearing them bicker. He, he just, like, Aaron, it's just like he's never been wrong before. He just has to always <laughs> be right. Albert Brooks in this movie, like, I don't know if there's a, lot, a single line that he says that I just, like, didn't laugh at in this movie. Like, he just fucking cracked me up, especially this scene. That was a good scene. That was fun. And then, of course, he does the, the news and just, like, sweats up the storm. And um, so just a little like devil's advocate here for advocate here for Aaron. The, the, you know, the definition was a lot lower in, in eighties TV. Maybe they couldn't see the sweat that bad. You know, it's a possibility. It like, it wasn't so bad until it was literally beating down his face or when he took the jacket off and he was just like, Oh, can they see this? You don't think they can see this? (laughs) Yeah, that was really funny. They're like they're like in between breaks. They're like, we gotta get him a new jacket, get him a new shirt. I like when the person's trying to like get out of the way and they bang into like into like the world <laughs> thing behind them. 
that guy's kind of the real asshole of the situation. Like, that's way more noticeable than the sweat. It was bad. It was, uh, it was really bad. <laughs> they have a blow dryer out for, like, two <laughs> seconds. It's like, what the fuck is that going to do? They're trying to fix it. <laughs> that, that was just incredibly funny. And, like, of course, the, the moment where, like, water dripped down his face for the first time, I was like, wait, what's going on here? And then I was like, oh, no, no. It was funny because, like, it was one of those things, like, you knew it wasn't going to go very well. But uh, it was just funny, like, that's how it went. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you're just like, what's going to go wrong? Like, is he going to, like, have some weird, like, fidget? Or is he going to, like, just totally, like, forget how to read or something? And it's just like, oh, no, it's something, it's something incredibly worse because he just has no control over right. it. Like, just sweating and being nervous. I've been there. Big sweater. Used to be a big sweater. Now oh. I don't feel like I sweat as much. Oh, dude. Uh, same. Any interview that I've done, like, I just, I walk in and I'm just like a fucking ball of sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I went to one where I was, like, quasi-sick, where I just, like, I just, like, jacked myself up with, like, medication. And I was just like, okay, here we go. And, like, I came back to my car and I was just like, Gah! And, like, I was sweat through my undershirt, and I was like, oh, man. like, hold it up. You're like, I'm throwing this away. Yeah. That was Aaron, though. Yeah. Uh, I like the little detail where Jane comes back and sees him, and he's just like, yeah, I just got out of the shower because I was fucking sweating my ass off. (laughs) I like how she didn't know. Like, that blew my mind that she had no idea that it went poorly. She's, like, an executive producer at this company. No one was like, hey, uh, your guy. Wow. Yeah, like... Yeah, like, I, I'm shocked that, like, um, Joan Cusack didn't, like, immediately call her afterwards and, and be like, did you see that? That was not no, good. What you want. Also, Holly Hunter, low-key a bitch for sending Jennifer to Alaska. I know. What the hell? That was awesome. <laughs> to Alaska? Like, god damn it. Oh, Jennifer. The last place, <laughs> last place you want to be sent on assignment. Too far. It's too far. It's cold. They have like weird hours of light. <laughs> I also like that, like Aaron, Aaron's like whole newscast thing is kind of cross cut with Jane and Tom at like that like correspondence ball or the correspondence dinner, and the kind of like sort of like I I thought that was like a really cute scene where she like kind of comes up on like the balcony and is looking down on him. And it's like, oh, if he sees me, if he doesn't see me, we're not meant to be. And then he, like, looks up and, like, swoons. I was like, oh, damn, Tom's a nice guy. Tom's cool. Uh, That was a good scene. It was just, like, kind of, like, sad to think about at the end, though, when, like, you see how the movie ends. And you're like, man, there was, like, really, this could have been this moment here if, like, I don't know. I don't want to blame Holly Hunter, but, like, maybe she didn't, like, lose her mind over this one aspect of what Tom did with the cameras. It does like a really good job of, of like, like you said, like being like, ah, damn, there really was a moment here. But then I don't know. I, I feel like I can understand it both ways because, because the Albert Brooks character is right because at, in the end, like Tom does stand against everything Holly Hunter like believes in. And I feel like, uh, I feel like eventually that would have really like rubbed him, her the wrong way. 
it, it really just is funny at this point now because I feel like back then, like the fact that they had to have like big meetings being like the news is like entertainment. It's not supposed to be entertainment. There must have been a lot of people out there who like didn't understand what the news was. And now like where the news is just so like transparent about like that it's not doing anything productive half the time. That like, yeah, it almost is like, like, like if Holly Hunt, if the, let's say this was like a modern thing and that character like wouldn't like get with William Hurt, you'd be like, what? Like the news is a mess. Yeah. Who cares? But like back then, I feel like it's different where there's like still a little more hope in artistic integrity. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it is like, I, I feel like, yeah, you, you actually make a really good point there. Like, maybe that's like one part of the dynamics in this movie that hasn't aged the best is because like we're just sitting here and we're like all news is entertainment you know like at this point so it doesn't seem like as big of a deal do you think holly hunter would have enjoyed would enjoy entertainment tonight (laughs) hey you know what maybe that's also like it she's that's what she has on in the background while she's reading all those newspapers and getting bleacher report updates fuck you ryan seacrest yeah. Get rid of him. She's she's like, I'm so glad we canceled Billy Bush. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then so I think probably like the last scene I really want to hit on here is just the like the scene where they're actually doing the layoffs and you get the great moment where like Jack Nicholson is just walking. I can't believe we got this far in without mentioning Jack Nicholson as as the list, the anchor, because like, my God, like he, he really doesn't do much in this movie, but every time he's on screen, I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, just like the little moment when like the guy goes, you know, if you took a couple million dollars off your salary, the layoffs wouldn't have to be so bad. And he just like looks at him for like five seconds and then says nothing. (laughs) The guy's just like, sorry, that was just a joke. That was just a bad joke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's just like, ah, oh, these poor people. It's <laughs> hilarious. I wish some of them didn't have to go. <laughs> but of course, like, that sort of leads to Aaron finding out that Tom faked the whole thing and he tells Jane and, the, and, that, and that really good, like, you know, sort of sit-down scene and then Jane confronts Tom. Just all of that, like, little last, like, that last bit before there's like the time jump, I thought was really good. I agree. And I was like proud of Aaron for like realizing his worth and quitting. Yeah, that was a really nice scene of just being like, good for you, buddy, for just like realizing that this isn't what you want to do. And good for Tom off to everyone like kind of got. I don't know. I feel like everyone kind of won in that aspect because, like, Aaron would find another job and Tom got to go to London. Holly Hunter, like, runs the news now. Yeah. In that sense, like, uh, I almost, like, didn't need that, like, kind of final scene where they're meeting up at the, like, speaking event for Tom because I was kind of like, ah, all the arcs are kind of closed. Like, Tom and and Jane aren't going to be together, but Aaron and Jane also aren't going to be together they're all where they want to be like professionally. Like maybe we just need like one good, like final Jane scene and then just call it a movie. I agree that the, the, like the ending wasn't totally like, uh, like I didn't need it. I I, like, I I didn't hate it, but like, I didn't need it. Yeah, exactly. Like 
it was it was a thing. I feel like in like a twenty twenty movie, like that that scene doesn't make it in. Like that that scene ends up on the cutting room floor. I agree. Like we just did, we just do stuff so much so much more like quickly. Um, since this is an Oscars movie, you want to do a little bit of an Oscars discussion. Sure. So this got seven nominations, did not win a single one. Albert Brooks was nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Holly Hunter in Actress actress in a Leading Role got a Best Writing nomination for James L. Brooks. Uh, Best Picture nomination, Best Cinematography, Best Editing. And William Hurt also got a Best Actor in a Leading Role. Nobody won. Do you wish anybody would have won here? I feel like, I feel like it's, it feels weird that nobody won anything for this movie. Actor in a Supporting Role. Went to Sean Connery for The Untouchables, which is kind of cool. Um, I've never seen Untouchables, but rest in peace, Sean Connery. Um, actors in a leading role. I love Cher in Moonstruck, as well as I love Moonstruck, the movie in general. So I'm, I can live with the writing. I've never seen The Last Emperor, nor do I really want to. So, like, I'll give it best picture. Cinematography, probably. That's probably Last Emperor. Editing, I don't know. Actor in a leading role was Michael Douglas. Which, I've never seen Wall Street. I've seen half of Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. <laughs> so, like, here's the, here's the weird thing. <laughs> it's amazing, by the way. That's incredible. I was sick the day we started it in business class in high school. So I came into the second half. <laughs> You, you know how it was uh, like we were both talking about how uh, our dads both took us to True Grit. Yeah, Wall Street, Wall Street, The Funny Never Sleeps was strangely the like one of those movies for my dad too, where he was like, "Kids, we're going and seeing the Wall Street sequel." <laughs> it's like, oh, what? Thirty years later, <laughs> I'm twelve years old. My sister's eight. We're both bored <laughs> out of our minds. We walk out, and even my dad's like, eh, it wasn't very good. <laughs> We're like, thank God you right. didn't like it either. He was so excited, <laughs> poor guy. He was. He was so pumped. He was so ready to go. Devastating. <laughs> that, was, that was a lot more disappointing than our tr- trip to I True Grit. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can think of with Wall Street, the money down. So. That's so funny. <laughs> you know what though? I feel like I feel like you could not give Michael Douglas an Oscar for Wall Street. Like he um it's definitely like an iconic iconic role, but I don't does it feel like Oscar y? I don't know. This was a fucking year for Michael Douglas. I just remember Fatal Attraction came out in eighty seven. Oh boy. Yeah. Nominated for Best Picture. Oh my god, wait. So leading so best actors in a leading role was literally Holly Hunter, Meryl Streep, Cher, Glenn Close. Holy shit. <laughs> Fucking loaded. And that's man. the movie everyone's like, you know, like back in time, maybe we should have given up to Glenn Close so she's not like eighty years old, still making movies. And then there's like, oh wow, it's like, wow that's a crazy year. This just kind of seems like it was a bit of a stacked year. Like, I feel really bad for for broadcast news. I, and, and also, like, yeah, 100% standing by the, the like, share 
winning. That's a cool moment. For me Everyone goes nuts. Oh, it's awesome. I love that movie. It's really weird that Cher and Nick Cage are like 15 years apart because they look like they're the same age in the movie. <laughs> it's really incredible. Honestly, the fact too that like Cher is really good in the movie and then I, I don't know, like she's just not the uh, like singer turned actress that I thought would be really good, but she is. So, and uh, in Mama Mia, in Mama Mia, here we go again. She plays like the long lost love of Andy Garcia's character. <laughs> Something about that just feels supremely right. Uh, why, why wasn't it Sofia Coppola? Oh boy, I don't need that. Little Godfather three reference for you. Oof. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any more you want to hit on broadcast news here? Um, no, but it's a great movie, and I'm really happy that that we watched it because it had been on my list forever, and I'm glad it's off my list, and I'm glad I watched it. Me too. It was a good. It was a good movie. Uh, thank God it came to streaming. Everybody can watch Hulu. it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Hulu, like, really, just like being the most stratified streaming service, where it's like. You can watch like my cousin Vinny, and uh, and and this movie, but like just the deep cuts are not there. Right. It's not like HBO Max where it's like here's like the the movie that just left theaters six months ago and uh fucking an American in Paris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like HBO Max is really like crazy when looking at it because yeah, it's like. I can watch Batman v Superman or like Birds of Prey or something like that, or I can decide to just like watch like uh, I don't know like uh, like some pretentious French movie that only I would watch. But the <laughs> Belle du Jour, you know, you like, don't enjoy Netflix being like watch our crap. Netflix just being like we have a Rebecca remake for you. Do you see Hillbilly Elegies getting panned? Yeah, it's getting crushed. I kind of feel bad. I I don't because I I don't need another reason for Ron Howard to get an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> but it's our girl Amy Adams. That's mainly uh, who I feel bad for. Dude, they've they they uh I don't understand how Melissa Leo got the fucking Oscar for the fighter, but whatever. <laughs> the fighter. I mean, how did she get like she was good, but like Amy Adams was incredible. They're just like, you know what? Melissa Leo came in. She just screamed for a few scenes. Oscar. You know who else got an Oscar for doing that? <laughs> Who's uh, that? Monique from Precious. <laughs> Monique, they were literally like, she <laughs> she threw a television at a baby. <laughs> Give her the statue. <laughs> I will never forget that scene. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, she just pushed. First of all, the baby hit its head. I don't, I don't know why the movie just dead. <laughs> it hit its head. They just never come back to that. And then she just lets the baby spill all over the floor, and they just toss a TV at it. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, don't do this to me, movie. I watched a movie this weekend <laughs> called Detachment with, like, Adrian Brody, and, like, people were describing it as, like, misery porn. 
but like nothing <laughs> is the misery porn that Precious is. <laughs> Precious is like a very like specific type of misery porn where it's like trying to be realistic, but it's doesn't feel very realistic because they're just like <laughs> her mom's horrible. And she, like, can't read. And, by the way, she has a baby. And she's HIV positive. Like, both of, enjoy. Both, both of the babies are her dads. Oh, it's, man. It's a, it's a tough scene. But she's got Mariah Carey there to help her out. Yeah. Mariah Carey to just, like, kind of sit there and sternly talk at, at Monique while she just screams and cries. I forgot that she threw a TV. I forgot about that scene. That she was nuts. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never forget that man. I, I, it was the most emotionally invested in the movie I was because I was like, "Don't throw, a, don't crush a fucking baby with a TV." <laughs> oh boy, Monique kills me, kills me every time. I miss her. That was our lot. That was our allotted like five minutes for Precious. We always got something to <laughs> the talk about, Precious. The contractually obligated mention of Precious. You want to tell the folks what's next week? Um, we're going to do a garbage crime movie swap. So we're thinking, um, I don't know how to describe this. Just like crime movies, but like not necessarily like good crime movies. But like also still good yeah. crime movies. Yeah, like... Um... It's like it's it's a term taken from the big picture podcast. They probably are d- going to define it better than we can. But basically, like those procedural, you know, sort of like law enforcement move, crime movies, um, where there's like some action, there's just some like good cops and robbers stuff, um, and every movie just wants to be heat, but it's just not good enough to be heat. Oof, that makes it tough. There's like one I kind of want to give you. But like I don't know, I don't know. You know what you do? You know what you want to give me, or do you? Should I go with mine first? You can go with yours first. So I'm going to give you a walk among the tombstones, starring Liam Neeson, directed by Scott Frank. Um, I haven't watched this movie since high school, but this was one of my favorite ones in that I have seen in this whole. Uh, little list that we compiled. So um, I'm eager to revisit it. A Walk Among the Tombstones. What is this? It's like um, Liam Neeson is this private investigator and uh, Dan Stevens' wife has been like kidnapped or gone disappearing, or been disappeared and uh, he kind of like hires him to figure out who who took her and what they want and just kind of like he just needs his help in a lot of that ways. Sounds very watchable. It's like um it's also like a fun like recent period piece if that makes sense. Like I'm pretty sure it's set in like the nineties, which is kind of fun. Hmm. I love when they do that. <sighs> I'll give you you know what? I'll just give you the straight up heat knockoff Den of Thieves. Okay. I was hoping you were going to give me Den of Thieves. I was looking forward to it. I was thinking it. about 21 Bridges, but I feel like it's important we talk about Den of Thieves. <laughs> I feel like we're hitting two titans of the genre here. 
Den of Thieves and a walk among the tombstones. Den of Thieves rocks. That movie's so good. It's like <laughs> not good, but it's really good. I'm just so pumped to like just be watching it, and I'm just like, man, this is a scene from Heat. Oh, this yeah, is a scene much. from Heat. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, here we go. And I just recently saw that movie, so I'm pretty good on Den of Thieves. Is it still on mm-hmm. Netflix? Oh, perfect. That should be nice and easy then. I'll just fire up Den of Thieves while I'm working one day. Have a have a whale of a time. Yeah, you will. You will have a whale of a time with O'Shea Jackson Jr. Oh yeah. My guy. My absolute guy. Well, we'll be those will be the two movies we're covering next week. Uh, everybody go watch up and we'll have a lot of fun talking about these uh, gritty crime movies. Um, But until next time, 